kind of scary in here. Will you guys hold my hand? You sure? Don't worry, babe. It's with me. You guys pack any good snacks? My mom packed me a whole backpack full of snacks. Let's hope you guys brought some snacks. Because I'm not sharing mine. You know how to use this thing? I wasn't paying attention during an army class. Load and lock. I mean... Leave me in the truck. No matter how mild, all traumatic brain injuries should be taken seriously. TBIs can affect your memory, mood, and overall health. But VA can help you manage TBI symptoms. Hey guys! Learn more at www.mentalhealth.va.gov TBI. Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I would like to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and of course my supporters, Semper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. Oh, yes. And we're counting down to 300. Today is number 296. And I have a civilian on with me. We'll get into why in a second, but, you know, we met in April in Nashville, and he has stuck in my mind. Alex Jimenez, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for your flexibility on a, on a, on a, on a Friday, and here we go. Um, to give everybody a little background here, you know, Alex is a civilian. I get asked all the time, well, you know, why do you have civilians on, or what can civilians do? And I have civilians asking me you know, how they can help. We're going to hear more about that today. But when we met in Nashville, Alex, you were putting on something very special. So before we get into all that, because that's good stuff, would you mind just give us a little background about who Alex is and what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I live here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I've been on this earth for 40 years. 
Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a Navy household. Uh, both of my brothers are Marine Corps veterans, uh, or one's still active duty, one's a, a veteran. Um, I, I operate and run a mortgage company that specializes in VA home loans. Uh, within that team, I have other uh, people that are veterans on that team as well. My biggest thing is um, when I look at the benefits that people have earned, people being veterans, and I look at the true benefits that they get to enjoy after they've uh, committed themselves to service, I see the VA home loan as being one of the most opportune things that they can do, but one of the most discriminated products that they have, right? When they get out, they have, you know, health care, they have the home loan benefit, some have retirement benefits. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the home ownership is, is literally why most of these people, in my eyes at least, have taken an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And when I look at my brothers, I literally look at people and I think, how would I want them served? Um, I worked with my first veteran client in 2007. Oh, and wow. I remember that like it was yesterday, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my biggest thing is, is, is educating, you know, running a mortgage company is a big part of what I do. But another big part is that educational piece to provide a first class experience to all veterans, not only during the home loan process, but after the fact, I've connected veterans with VSOs, DAV, uh, got their tax exemptions for them, you know, all these things to help the community, because I know where to go for those things. And let's face it, most veterans, you know, that, that two-day TAPS class that they take when they get out, they're ready to go. They're not, they're not worried about the VA home loan or where to take their paperwork. They're worried about a DD-214 and jumping out that door. So I, I hope to bridge that gap. This, this is amazing because, you know, I'm, I'm dipping my toe back in the home ownership and I'm, I'm being told, hey, use your VA home loan. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we'll get into that in a second. You said your brothers both served the Marine Corps and you come from a Navy household. What's been your view on their service as you watch this because a lot of times we hear from mom and dad we hear from the wife but we very rarely hear from the siblings yeah so i couldn't be more proud of my brothers right one's younger one's older i couldn't be more proud to know that my brothers have served this country um my nephew joined the marine corps he put his his feet on those yellow footsteps on monday I could not be more proud, like as, as an uncle, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at these people and these are the iconic people. You know, it's funny because we, we look at heroes in America, right? And we think of people like Superman or, or maybe it's 50 Cent or it's, it's some celebrity, right? That doesn't give to, can I, can I be free on language here? Well, a little bit. Okay. What are you saying? Doesn't, doesn't care as much. We'll just say that. Doesn't care as much about what it is that, that we stand for every day. And so when I look at my brothers and I look at that family situation, I think to myself, if it wasn't for these people and their sacrifice, I couldn't live the life I live every day. And so my outlook is I'm just extremely proud, you know, um, the commitment it takes to see the things that they go through, you know, and that's, there's a spectrum, right? And the, and the spectrum is this, I am super proud of what my brothers do and have done. It also pains me when I see my brothers upset because of people they have lost in war or upset because of things that have went on in their military career. And even worse, I can't change any of it. This right. is family and I can't change it. So that, that had a big effect on you because I came down there with Andrew Farr for your echelon front event mm -hmm. that you put on at the operation stand down Tennessee. 
and we talked before and after the event. And, you know, one thing came clear to me very quickly that this wasn't just some tax write-off you were doing or, you know, backdoor PR, you know, event. There was a, there was an element of care in everything you did that day. Right. And more than just your brothers back in 2007, 2006, what kind of got you centered on veterans? So it's funny because 2006, 2007, uh, the market was centered around, you know, these, these subprime type loans. Everybody was out making money. <clears throat> I had the opportunity to serve a police officer in Fort Campbell. He was a, he was a veteran, uh, but he was an Army veteran. He's in Fort Campbell. He's a police officer. And he reached out and said, hey, I need some help with a loan. I had no idea what a VA home loan was at this time. I'm guilty as charged, right? But this company had came around. The company was called Franklin American Mortgage. They came around and circulated this booklet that told you all about the VA home loan. And I read it. Why did I read it? Because there was a soldier on the front of it. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a naval pilot, like Top Gun. You want to talk about Top Gun Maverick? I, I lived and breathed that movie until I walked in a recruiter's office and they said, you can't fly planes. You're too blind. But I, I had an opportunity to connect with this person, right? And I have a very uh, dark sense of humor because of past trauma I experienced when I was a child. And so I have a dark sense of humor and I was able to communicate that with them, right? We were able to go back and forth and talk about some things that maybe my mom wouldn't laugh at, right? But, but we had that connection and I'm like, I love this. I'd been doing business for a while, but I loved that connection. And then that person sent me another person and we became this circle of friends, you know, and, and it's like I said, I'll always remember, it was the first VA home loan I ever did. And I couldn't tell you the man's name today as it sits, but I could tell you that the experience I had with him let me know that these are the people I love working with. These are my people, right? And these are my people as in, I understand they're per perfectly capable of protecting themselves, but they're the people I want to protect too. Speaking of protection, let's go down the home loan route and the VA loan. Mm -hmm. Looking for a mortgage, got pre-approved the whole nine yards, but I've had more than one realtor. I'm in the New England area. Yeah. Look at me and tell me that, hey, you know, if you use the VA loan, you're not going to get this house yeah just not going to so, happen yeah and it, it's like well what and I, I i have a hard time understanding that so are they right what am i missing here so i'm gonna encourage this thought process and i say this i i literally taught a class surrounding this yesterday at a keller williams office right and and the first thought that comes to mind is when did you become so unappreciative of the service to this country that you're not willing to fight or do what it takes in order to stand in front and stand guard to make sure my offer does get accepted. <clears throat> and so how do we do that? Points of education, because we know ignorance exists because of lack of education. Right. And right. so the circulation, I want to share a quick story. Sure. Real, real quick story. Uh, and it's an analogy to what it is we do. So back in the 80s, we could agree that the VA home loan was difficult. There was all these issues, right? But the story I'm going to share is this. Um, mom's in the kitchen grabs a ham. It's Christmas time. She slices off two edges of the ham, right? She throws them aside. She puts the ham in the pot. She puts the pot in the oven. Daughter comes up and says, mom, why'd you do that? She said, I don't know. Your grandma taught it to me. Go ask her. So she goes to another room. She says, grandma, mom just sliced off the two edges of the ham and jammed it in the oven. Why'd she do that? She said, honey, I don't know. Great grandma used to do it. So we had this household of generational people, right? So great grandma used to do it. So she wanders in there. She says, great grandma, Mom did this and grandma did that. And, and they said they all learned it from you. Why'd you do it? And she chuckles and she said, honey, 
Back when I was making Christmas dinner, the ovens were too small to fit the hams in, so we sliced the edges off to stick them in the oven, right? So what we learned from that story is just because it used to be done one way doesn't mean it's appropriate to be done that way today, because we know ovens are much bigger than they used to be. What I'm, what I'm getting at there is, yes, at one point in time, the VA home loan was not very friendly to people, but the VA took note and evolved. And we know the evolution of the VA requires changing of laws, right? And we know changing of laws doesn't happen today, right now, especially as it pertains to our nation's heroes. So that takes time to evolve to where we're at currently. What we're lacking is a piece of education that these people need in order to understand the evolution has occurred. So the very interesting thing is I, I look at the Nashville housing market, very similar to the Boston, greater New England market, where it's very, very, uh, it's exploding, it's tight for homes, uh, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. You know, first things first, I, I get out of the military or, you know, I've been kicking it around for a while, doing this, doing that, and I want to get a home as a veteran. Mm -hmm. It just seems like talking to other veterans in the Nashville area and up here that it's like, man, it's not even worth my time to try to go out and, and you know, get pre-approved for a home because the minute I get pre-approved, there's some guy who's coming in, you know, $50,000 over, $100,000 over, or that home is a cash offer 20 minutes after it went up. Yep. And, and so what I'm trying to convey is a lot of us, you know, get discouraged and realtors seem to want to work with people who can meet certain requirements and then, you know, get them in a home and move on to the next one. How, how are you different, Alex? Because you seem different from looking at your background and what you've been through. How do you serve a veteran in, in this climate? So I love that question and, and the analogy I use, and you'll learn that I'm a, a man, a man of many analogies. The market is currently drunk, right? And it's yep. going to wake up like we've all been at one point in our life. It's going to wake up sober and be like, wow, what happened? And the market will normalize and we'll get back to normal state. But in the meantime, in this drunk market, so to speak, um, again, you have the educational piece. You have the people that are willing to reach out to the seller's agent. And you have to do what I call putting a yellow hat in a sea of blue. And what that means is the pre-approval for a veteran looks different, right? So we talk about the fact that they're a superior buyer because they have typically better credit scores. Why do they have better credit scores? Because to keep their top security classification, they need to have good credit. That's part of the credit fitness for them to keep their security clearance, right? So they've been trained to have that in the military. Why do they have more money on hand typically? Well, because they've been trained to do that, right? So we educate people on the pre-approval letter first and says, here, read this. This is why these people should be considered. Um, the other thing is, is the conversations that you have with the seller's agents. At the end of the day, if you were selling your home, and your agent came up to you, besides the fact that you're a veteran, you have no idea the difference between VA, conventional, FHA, anything like that, if you're not in that mortgage space. So the education is provided from me as a seller's agent to you as my seller. So my job as a lender has to be to reach out to that seller and make darn sure that they are 110% up to speed of what it is that actually exists. Now, when we talk about the price spread, it's funny you ask that. We were at my office one day, a gentleman here that's a realtor. We're, we're talking back and forth. And we just so happened, it, it was a deal he was working with someone else. He just so happened to get an offer accepted that was $40,000 less than this client's offer from someone else. And he accepted it because that person was a veteran and the person buying the home was a veteran. So you want to talk about brother and sisterhood even after the fact? That existed right there. And it existed in a totality of $40,000. But I can promise you it was the relationship that bridged that gap. So we try to connect those people. 
We try to get homes that are off market. We try to find people before they're serious about selling. Um, listen, there's nothing easy in my eyes and in my thought process of an individual waking up in the morning and strapping on some boots and going outside the wire to fight a war to keep us free, right? So why should we not exercise the same commitment and the same work and the same workload here in our safe place to try to get these people in the home they fought for? What I've been told is, and this is going to sound bad maybe, but this is what I've been told is just too much work. There's too many other clients in that realtor's pool who have this, 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 and this, or, and surprising to me, how many people can get a hold of, you know, $800,000 cash to buy a home. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for the realtor, it's like, I'm going to go where the money is and forget these guys or they're lower my priority list. And, and this is what, to me, separated you from other people that I've seen and dealt with is that that doesn't enter i've never heard you talk like that it's like let's right. find a way so talking about your business and let's find a way you know how how does alex approach his day to find a way for people that he supports and advocates yeah so the first thing i do is surround myself with like-minded people right i did a class yesterday I, I mentioned that that class i did and five people showed up to it this is a massive, massive company. Five people showed up. But you know what those five people were? The right people. They were absolutely the right people that showed up to that class. And the reason being is they took time to come be there. Those are my people. And so now we branch out this network of people, right? Maybe it's just five people at a time, but we branch out that network of people. And now those people know when somebody needs help, they know where to send them. And when I need help, I know where to send those people. And so we create this network and that network always lies beneath, right? And so we get up in the morning and we say, it, and, and I've done this on literal occasions, there's times and, and it's, it's crazy to even process this. There's times where I woke it up in the morning, I was like, I got to do something. I've got to figure out a way to do something better, right? And it all revolves around serving people at a higher level. And so maybe it's making that networking connection. Maybe it's doing an educational video. Maybe it's doing a podcast, like being here. My objective to be here is to help hopefully serve somebody, anybody. And what I tell my realtor partners is this, I don't care if your client is my client. If your client is a veteran or active duty service member and they're having the trouble getting a loan and they need me to walk their loan officer through how to do it, that's what I'll do. Why? Because I committed to serving the veteran and the active duty service member, not serving myself. And so literally my objective every day is, is it's not self-gratifying, it's trying to figure out a way to serve others. I'm just curious because, you know, you list that you are certified through what's called a mortgage boot camp. Can you kind of go into what that all entailed? Yeah, so um, I am a co-founder and co-creator of a program that its, it's background is to educate uh, loan officers and realtors alike. And I'm talking about like fierce competitors will sit in the classroom and learn from us, right? It's not about competition. It's about delivering a first-class lending ex experience to our veterans and our service members. And so we bring the educational piece, which is there's a handbook called the 26-7. It's where VA makes a determination whether or not you get a loan, right? It's got the guidelines and everything else um, and the standard procedures that you use to navigate through a loan. And so we help people debunk those myths. We educate people. We share statistics like the deputy director of VA made a comment that 91.5% of VA home loans came in at or above value. 
where its counterpart, which is a conventional loan that people often say is much, much better than VA, came in at 92%. You let a half percent dictate whether, whether or not you're a patriot today? I'm not, right? But we share those educational bits, and then those people are empowered to go out and share that information. And they're empowered within a tribe, so to speak, of other people where they can bounce questions. So you may have an underwriter, and listen, we're humans, right? We sometimes confuse programs with others, but they can bounce some ideas, and we help them navigate through the pathways. Awesome, awesome. So you're in the Nashville area. You've been here for a while. What's it been like? Because I rode through Nashville when I got out of the Marine Corps. I rode my motorcycle from Yuma, Arizona to, to Boston. And Nashville is nothing like it was when I went back there a couple of years ago. Right. What's fueling this explosive growth in that area? And, and, and are you excited to be a part of it? So, you know, it's, that's a double-edged sword. Um, oh, yeah? What's fueling it? What's fueling it is these large companies that are coming in. Tennessee is a very free state. Uh, we don't have state sales tax. So there's an appeal for companies to come in here and do business. And there's an appeal for people to move to this area because we believe in things like the Second Amendment and like the freedom of speech and the things that people have fought to preserve, right? And so we exercise those things. In fact, I didn't even realize this, but in my frame, I, I have my handgun right here, right? And it's because it's a preserved right that I experienced here in, in, in Tennessee. And by the way, there's not a 10-round magazine capacity limit. There's 15 in there. So this is a free place to live. And so people love coming here. And so because of that fact, because of the environment, and I know you experienced this when you were here, people love each other. and love each other in the sense that we're like, hey, do y'all need directions? Is there something we can do for you? Or more importantly, we see a veteran and we say things like, thank you for your sacrifice because your service is what you signed up for. Your sacrifice is what you experienced when your daughter took her first steps and you were deployed or when you missed your mom's birthday because you were on assignment. That's sacrifice. And that's what people in Tennessee appreciate and embrace. Am I excited to be a part of it? That's, that's a really good question. I stay away from downtown Nashville. That's not my <laughs> cup of tea. I'm 40 years old. I got, you know, I've got three children in total. Um, my, my desire is to be at the ball field, right? Or something like that. I, I enjoy the fact that people are attracted to the area and that they want to grow and they want to be here, here with us in Tennessee. But just don't bring whatever craziness that you had over there. And by over there, I'm talking about out west. Don't bring right, that right. over here. <laughs> well, well, downtown Nashville, just getting around it. I mean, I, again, back in 1999, it was like, okay, I'm going to just take my bike off the interstate and ride right through it. The, the Titan Stadium wasn't even there. It was like kind of cool. I am like, yeah. oh, my God, I thought Boston was bad. Yep. It's brutal. No freaking way. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up in the Midwest and the South before I joined the Marine Corps, and I live in the New England area. And I got to tell you something, Alex. When I come back to Nashville, I, it kind of freaks me out for the first, like, 48 hours I'm here. We're like, hey, man, how are you doing there, brother? It's good to see you. And I'm like, what's your problem? Right. <laughs> and I realized he's serious. He's not, like, just saying it to say it. It's It's... It's a different culture, which is like, yeah, this is all right. This is all right. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very, um, and, and, and to your point, I can tell people, hey, you know, you all really do appreciate veterans. Mm -hmm. There really is pride um, in being an American in the, the Nashville or Tennessee in general from Memphis, Chattanooga. Um, and, I, and I really love that. 
and I love the fact, you know, we, we, you didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. You had the echelon front event at the operation stand down and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know, so you have a business owner with his people who, you know, he want out making him money, right. helping out on a business day to do this Good. class. How did you get this culture in your team to say, you know what? I'm not selling houses. I'm not making mortgages today. I'm going to serve veterans. And they were all happy about that. So how, how did you grow that in what you do? Um, I, I truly believe in the message you project and protect is the message you'll receive. So I'll give you an example of what I mean directly by that. Um, if I say, I love veterans, and that's not your belief, you're going to be turned off by what it is I say. If I say you're an incompetent, unpatriotic, communist realtor, if you reject an offer that's similar to a conventional offer just because it's VA, and that hurts you in your soul, you're not going to work with me. And guess what? That's okay. There's 7.8 billion people in the world. I just have to find the people that speak the language I speak. And so I've done a lot of deflection. In fact, it was funny because early on, people would take, not literal, but take, take bets that I was going to fail because I got so hyper-focused on serving veterans. They're like, there's no way you're going to be profitable. There's no way you're going to be good at it. You know what? I don't have to necessarily be profitable or good. You know what? I know the people that I serve, I can go to just about any city here in, in Tennessee. If I got a flat tire, there's a veteran there I can call and he's going to show up with a tire, right? I can't say that about the cash buyer. That's a conventional deal because listen, I'm a civilian too. And I'll say this, there's no reliability there. There's no loyalty there. Right. And so I built my circle around those people that believe the same thing I did. And like I said, with, with my sense of humor and everything else, I naturally attract those people. Well, I could clear out a room real quick. If you get me joking fast, you know, so it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be my people. And, and again, you know, I look at that. I look at the people that I want to respect, you know, these movie stars and stuff, they're not heroes. They're people. I don't even like watching TV. Like that's, I don't despise those people. They're doing a job. Right. But the people I look up to are the people that have, have done things within this community to help grow. Funny story. I was running for uh, alderman, which for those of you that aren't familiar, the structure of alderman and the city government is the same as like city councilman. And, and one of the things that I wanted to do, we have these poles over here that, that line main street and there's some dated uh, flags that are on it and they're not flags they're kind of like banners and they have service members on it right it's, it's the hometown heroes right and right, my right. commitment was to change those out because they've been up there for years I want to change them out I want people to know hey who's that new boy that just came back here from the Marine Corps who's that new girl that just relocated here like who are these people in our community that have served our community that live here now that have taken the oath to defend what it is we stand for and so part of my platform so that's the people I speak to so naturally I, I'm surrounded by those people so you have your, your, your staff, your team around you. Um, how did the relationship between you and Operation Stand Down Tennessee come to be? Because they were very happy to have you all there. It was, you know, a beautiful space. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we don't allow people just to sit up anywhere. So how did right. they get going? So that connection was made by a good friend of mine, Greg Keyes, Marine Corps veteran. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you'll find, listen... I don't know if it's mindset or not. A lot of my friends are Marines. <laughs> so, but again, law of attraction, right? I'm um, Marine. So he, he, exactly, exactly. So he kind of bridged that connection. And then Andrew Littleton's a buddy of mine as well. 
Um, and, and he works over that uh, operation stand down, you know, and, and so that was bridged by the fortune of, of knowing those people to be able to say, Hey, you know what, do it here. And I said, well, well, I'm not a veteran. How do I get in there? And they're like, no, 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 you're good. Come on, let's go. And so we went and, and to me, that's the most appropriate place. And here's why operation stand down is a place that's designed to help veterans, right? And my belief, and, and those of you that, that don't know about the event, it was all about leadership. It had nothing to do with mortgages, had nothing to do with anything but leadership. And, and I had my buddy, Andrew Paul there, SEAL Team 3 commander, was in Ramadi 2004, 2005. And, and he talked about his experience and everything else. And, and the goal was come in there if you want some help. There was a lot of people in there, not in the mortgage or real estate community that were there because they were people that needed something that may have been provided by that. And so the appropriateness of being there is Operation Stand Down is a place that's designed to help, and we wanted to provide help. Well, it was extremely helpful, and it was noticeable. I'm like, okay, this, this is a mortgage broker. He's going to do a mortgage class. It was, it was not that. So here's the thing. You're, you're doing this. You've been doing this for veterans in this space for a long time. What do you say to the civilian? Because I get asked this all the time. I'm a civilian. I, I, I do this. I do that. I've never served, but I want to engage. I want to help out veterans because I really care about, you know, what they've done. And we might not agree about everything, but I care about them. But they're, they're hesitant to get started, Alex. Yeah. What would you say to them to help them get started? Yep. Uh, I love this question because I literally coach this, this same question to people I work with, you have to be pure about your intention. I need to know that if you commit to serving veterans, that regardless of what it is, that veteran always comes first. Because when you project that and you commit, commit that, those veterans understand that because those veterans' job are to read people. They can smell BS from a mile away, right? right. And so that's first and foremost. Are you doing this for you to self-serve or are you doing this for them? And the commitment will unfold as time sheds light on who you are because your actions always prove who you truly are. And so I, may, I, I make sure that the intent is pure and it doesn't matter if you get recognition or reward for it. It matters that you did something, that you, as our new millennial kids are saying, you completed the assignment, right? <laughs> you went out there to do something. So that's the first and foremost. I need you to make sure that it's pure. If not, you will discolor everything it is that we're doing. Some of them come back to me and say, there, there's two things that happen when they go next level. They, they, they try to do it and it works and it's great. And, you know, they, they become like you, like they would be your people. And then some of them get kind of jaded when they have trouble communicating on the veterans level or understanding how we operate. Yeah. Um, we're a different breed, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you see that's different in us? You've mentioned some things earlier in the conversation, but what do you see different in us than, you know, a civilian? So reliability, okay? And, and I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. Reliability. If I say, hey man, I need you here at two o'clock, you're going to be here at 145. Yes. If I say, hey bro, if you tell me, hey man, if you ever have a problem, call me, I can pick up the phone and I know you're going to answer, right? Yep. There's reliability there. There's reliability and integrity and a friendship that will always exist that doesn't always exist on this level, okay? The pureness, I, I know factually that if you tell me that you need something, it's that you really need it, that you would never ask me for something just to ask me for it because that's not who you're programmed to be or that's not who you are, right? And so 
if you reach out for help, you actually need something, you know, and it doesn't matter what that help may be. It may be, Hey, I need you to help me hang the door. Okay. I'm willing to bet 25 bucks that you try to hang the door 32 times by yourself before you called me to say, Hey, help me out here. Right. 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 Um, so you have that, the, the sense of humor. Okay. I know this from having a traumatic past that the way, way people can deal with tragedy and traumatic events in their life is through dark sense of humor. And so that communication level, like I said, I can clear out a room. I went to visit my brother in uh, uh, Camp Lejeune. He was, he was there for some training uh, and he was there with a bunch of drill instructors. And we're sitting there joking and laughing. And they're like, bro, you're crazy. Like, I don't even know what to say about some of that stuff. But the communication level, we were able to communicate on a level that, that I believe most civilians will look at and say, oh my God, are they really talking about that? Like, I wish I could share a text message chain that was that I went through this morning with with a Marine that you'd be like, holy cow, dude, that's hilarious. But most civilians would be like, that's not funny at all. You know, my belief is if you can laugh at one thing, you can laugh at them all. But um, so you have that, you have the tidiness, you have the from a working side. When we work with veterans, I can say something like, hey, I need your LES by tomorrow at nine. I'll have your LES tonight by nine. Right. Right. That's that's what people do. You're disciplined. But the biggest thing is loyalty, yeah. right? At the, the end of the day, you have now gained a person who is going to be loyal to you as long as you never cross them. And they're going to be trusting of you as long as you can always provide them a reason to be trusted. And I'll tell you what, out of all my friends, if I was to get in a bar fight, it would be with, line me up with a bunch of veterans because you guys ain't taking off. When like when when fists get to swinging and that's where civilians are different. Listen, I've been in bar fights. You get to fight and you look around. You're like, I'm missing two buddies. Where are they at? They ran to the parking lot. Why? Because they were scared. We were in a, a incident in Camp Lejeune. It was actually in a, a Wilmington, and it wasn't. Listen, it wasn't bad. It wasn't something that that we were involved in. But there was a person there that pulled out a gun. Right? It wasn't an altercation we were involved in. Those people made sure everybody left with them not just them they weren't concerned about their safety it's the group that's different civilians will take off and worry about themselves service members and veterans worry about people the people they stand beside you know it's very insightful i i, I would agree with everything you're saying um you worked with us for a long time and your focus is us it's very clear on you know everything you do since you've done this for so long, what do you think is like, I don't know, pick two of the main problems that a veteran coming to Nashville or, or anywhere in the United States, the average veteran getting out of, doesn't matter what service, what, what challenges do they face in today's age? Typically, it's being alone in a new place, right? They don't know anybody. They don't know, you know, maybe they don't know where the VSO is. Maybe they don't know where the VA hospital is, whatever it is, right? Maybe they don't even need those services, but like anybody, you're, you're alone. But by the way, here's the difference. Maybe I'm Alex that's used to be alone and I'm okay with that. You're not. You're used to being in the barracks with a bunch of your buddies that you can trust and you can identify by your insignias. You can't do that. You, you can to a degree. A veteran can, can spot another veteran, right? right? But for the most part, you're alone. You don't know anybody. So there's some, some discomfort there. Um, I would say that's number one. I would say number two is who do you trust? You know, so you're alone and you don't know who to trust. You don't know who the good people are, who the bad people are. You don't know where you should work, where you shouldn't work. And my belief is this. My belief is that any human being that doesn't fit into that mold where they're used to being alone or used to not having people they trust can sometimes fall in a different mindset. 
right? So my advice is connect with people before the, the, the veteran network is huge. It's yeah. tiny, but it's huge within itself, right? It's tiny in the fact that they say less than 1% of the America's population serve in the armed forces. So it's tiny in that aspect, but man, I know people that know people that know people that know people everywhere. And so make your connections before you land. So when you get there, you have some support. Again, I, I, I can't fault your logic or your, your perspective there. So I'm a veteran, in this case, Marine Corps. And let's just roll back the time clock a little bit here, Alex. I'm, I'm riding my, my Honda Shadow 1100, you know, with my stuff on it, free of all the rules and everything. And I get to Nashville, I'm like, oh my God, I'm stopping right here and I'm going to figure it out somehow. Yep. What do I need to do to become your client? And be a good client um you know that's it's it's funny if you're on facebook you just have to ask who's the best va lender and, and you literally you can jump on there and be like i'm looking for a va loan and my name's gonna pop up multiple times right and yeah. again i'm a non-veteran there are other there's other va lenders in my area don't get me wrong and and there's others that are veterans and guess what they're good people right you can run into some some of them they're good people and they're aimed in the same direction as me. And, and guess what? As long as you know those people, I, I think you're in good hands. If you called me up and said, hey, I'm working with Marshall Sparkman, I'd say you're in great hands, right? Yeah. Here I am. I'm name dropping other lenders. Why? We're aimed in the same direction. So maybe you're on Facebook and you get that suggestion there. Maybe you ask somebody like Andrew Farr, you know, and, and he gives you that suggestion. If you ask around a little, you'll find out a lot. And gotcha. um, what I would say is this, and I'm going to say this without without exposing any names or anything like that. But I want you to look around on the, the known places, the, the usual suspects that you think are military related or whatever it is. And I want you to think about how big their billboards are and how good their marketing is, right? You're rolling off uh, out of base and it's like 29.99% financing on a Cobra GT Mustang offered through four digit place, right? Or four letter place. And, and you see those, where did they get that money? If their job is to serve the veteran and active duty service community and they're able to put banners and stuff up at the Super Bowl, where did that money come from? Are they looking out for the best? I don't know. My assumption would be not. So all that to say, ask your brothers and sisters. You're a Marine. You come to Nashville, Tennessee, you're likely to run into the USMC Motorcycle Club. You're likely to meet uh, my friend Dwayne, who is the president of that club, or Alex Wilson, who's also involved in that club, you're likely to meet one of them and say, hey, man, I'm looking for a loan. Who do I go to? And they say, oh, you need to talk to my boy, Alex. Why? Because we work together. So just ask. Um, you know, don't, oh, yeah. don't. Well, well, a lot of us, and, and myself included, you know, that whole asking for help thing, Alex, is hard to do. It's it is. really hard is. to do. But. I've tried to unlearn that, I've had to unlearn that. And when I've put the paw up in the air and said, hey, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. Good things happens. Yeah. Good things happen. So I'm talking to Alex Jimenez, ajnashville.com. I'm going to have all the links to your, 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 your stuff, Alex, in the Oscar Mike Radio show post. I checked out your, your podcast on SoundCloud. Cool stuff. I really liked it. Yeah. And, um, you know, as we kind of wind down, do you have any other kind of veteran-centric events coming up for this year or looking at 2023? Yeah, I had another one lined up for this year with a Marine Corps veteran. It may actually still come to light. 
it's it's set up to go on in October. Um, so we're still working those things out because there's been some positioning changing for that individual and it's, it's for the betterment of himself and his household. And so we don't know where that's going to go. I am at, at this point, at this month, I'll teach three classes to a, a, a real estate agency to help them better serve veterans. I am always out there willing to do something. And listen, if you're a veteran, you're like, bro, I don't want to come to your class, but I want to have a beer with you. Guess what? I like beer. And if I stood up, my belly would tell you that too, right? Uh, maybe not as bad as it used to, but it's it's there. My That's thing right. is you're this. You're looking pretty good. I, I'm trying to slim down. I'm trying to be, like, you know, pre-DD214 looks. Hey, <laughs> no. but, uh, but, but what I'm getting at is this. Like, I love connecting with people. And, and I know people like Greg Pease and Andrew Farr and people like that that love connecting with people too. And I love serving people. And I love making sure that people feel welcomed. And guess what? If you just want to get together and have a barbecue sandwich because you don't drink and you want to drink some sweet tea, I'll take unsweet, you take sweet, let's hang out, let's talk. We'll probably talk for hours, so get prepared, right? Um, but if you're that person, let's say you're the new person you talked about, guess what? Go to ajnashville.com, click the button that says meet with me, meet with me. I've met with strangers before. We won't be strangers when we leave, you know? But the most important thing is, is I will help bridge connections to people that are going to be vital in your sphere when you make that move, right? So when you come to me and say, man, I'm lonely, I need some people, I can say, all right, let's get you some people. I know some people, let's get you some people, right? Or maybe you see, say, man, I, I need a, a good burger, where do I go? I'm like, I know this guy named Zach, he owns a place called Simper Sliders, go down there. Like, I'll help route you, that's, that's, that's what I do. You don't have to come to me just when you need a mortgage, in fact, you can never need a mortgage and still come to me. You can come to my office. You can hang out. I've got a gun safe back there. There may or may not be guns in it. We can go up to the shooting range. We can go to the skeet shooting, whatever it is you want to do. Just don't do it alone. You know, so. And, and that's what kind of really resonated with me, you know, on that day that the event's over. Andrew Paul is narking some pizza and you're sitting there for a good 45 minutes to an hour afterwards just talking with people and getting to know them. And I'm like, okay, this guy's for real. Because to your point, like, I, I want to make sure this is like legit and 100 before I, you know, get happy about it. And yeah. I left, I left that event saying, okay, you know, here's a profile model, if you will, of how to do it. If you want to do it, somebody may do it differently. Somebody may, may not, but, but they all did it and, and you all did it. So Business-wise, as we wind this down, what's what's next for you? Is it still just staying in the space and, you know, waiting for the drunk mortgage environment to wake up? Um, you know, that's part of it. The other part is, the other part of my mission is to serve others. So I'm doing some personal one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. I'm going to start doing some more motivational type speaking. Um, like I said, I came from a traumatic past. When I say traumatic, like to some people, traumatic was they didn't get their Game Boy, right? <laughs> My trauma was I was beat for half my life and I was starved and I was mentally abused and physically abused and sexually abused and all these things happened in my life, right? And so I want to help people release those demons that they have. And it, it, I don't want to counsel people in the fact like I'm not going to sit you down in a, a chair and say, okay, lay back and tell me a story of when you were six years old, but let's talk about the roadblocks and how to get around them. Because at one point, I was poor and literally broken, broke both my legs, got evicted from my apartment, and it was dating a girl that loved to cheat on me more than she loved me, right? 
and which was the greatest thing ever because you start to understand that people exist in their own reality for a reason. But I went from that to being able to do the things like the Operation Stand Down event and not be in a position where like, that's the last 10 cents I have, right? In fact, when I met Andrew Farr, I had an event, you guys would get a kick out of this. It was called Weenies with Warriors. And it was at- talking about that. (laughs) So, and it was at the the Andrew Jackson VFW. And little, little did people know, like, bro, I put that, the, when I bought all the food and everything, I put that on my credit card. I didn't have the cash to do that, but I committed to do it. And I had to, right? Because I made the commitment. And that was the most rewarding thing I ever did because I met Andrew, right? I met Andrew in a different light at that point and see Andrew in the light he's in now. And, and I'm so happy I put that on my credit card and did that. And I'm not saying those things because I want someone listening and be like, oh my God, I'm so touched by the fact he did that. I'm saying it because I got to meet and, and be around a person that has grown as much as Andrew, Andrew Farr has, right? Absolutely. Those are the opportunities that I look at and I'm just, I'm so thankful, so grateful for them. And so my give back is how do we overcome trauma and stress? And how do we overcome things that tell us every day, the demons that say, you can't do that. What are you thinking? Right. I want to help remove those. And in fact, I was thinking about it the other day, as I get this thing rolling, I'm going to pick veterans to help, you know, to whatever degree. And when I say pick, what I mean is I'm going to ask who needs help. And I'm going to do so, and I'm going to do so at the cost of zero because of the fact that they paid their price when they took the oath. Well, I find it really interesting that, you know, one of the ways you've rebuilt, rebounded, whatever you want to call it, is this aspect of giving. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like when you start giving of yourself, yes, the, the trauma is there, the pain's there, um, you know. Believe it or not, we're, we're very similar in a lot of regards, uh, Alex, but the power of giving really helps you, you know, build this life you have now, if I yep. understand you correctly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. it, it, it's, you, you got to get, listen, my, my mindset is this, and I've always been this way. My mom used to tell people all the time that I'd get my shirt off my back, right? None of it's important at the end of the day. What's important is the preservation of life. And what's important is for people, I, I worry more about when, when I die, who's at my funeral that says, you know what, that was a good person. How many people will arrive? I don't care about the money or the cars or anything like that. Like, who's going to arrive and be like, oh, my God, he made so much money. He was so awesome. Nobody cares about that send-off. I care about the send-off where people say, you know what, that dude changed my life. That guy did something different in life, and I will always love him for that. I want to die with a legacy. I want my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Legacy. Legacy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just appreciate this time we've had together. I, I really appreciate getting to come out and and be a part of that event. We talked afterwards and, you know, I got a good feel for what was going on. Talk to Andrew afterwards about, you know, the story and the, the, Oh yeah, there it is. Mission and flight, mission and flight, you know, you know, and, and, and that whole thing resonated with me because, you know, for me, Alex, it's all about the number one. I just want to, you know, do this and know that I had an impact on one person. And to see somebody else in that same lane doing their own thing is pretty amazing. So um, closing this down, what's the, I know you said Facebook, but I'm going to have the links, your website. Yep. It seems like your website's the easiest way for people to say, it where's is. Alex? Yeah. 
Yeah, website, ajnashville.com. Um, you can literally connect Instagram, Facebook, personal meetings. Like that is the hub of connection. Gotcha. Well, I will have that in the Oscar Mac radio show post. I am with Alex Jimenez, who's a mortgage broker, serves veterans in the Nashville area, and it's a hot market. So, and the cool thing is, whether you're civilian or military or a veteran, he can help you out or get you the help you need. Alex, I want to say thanks for coming on Oscar Mike Radio and helping me count down to number 300. Uh, I just appreciate your flexibility and your time, and, and thank you. That's an honor. Thank you. Okay, and as we say in Oscar Mike Radio, we are mission in flight. I'll see you next time. I want to thank you for joining me and watching Oscar Mike Radio. Now go to OscarMikeRadio.com and click Shop to check out all the cool merchandise from Authentically American. All proceeds go to veteran service organizations. We are Mission in Flight.